You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. I can be imperfect, but I can still have goals. I can keep trying to improve myself and be the best version of myself so that I'm excited and proud of what I'm accomplishing. And like, you know, pat myself on the back for every time that I try, regardless of the outcome. And then like really just keep celebrating and build momentum. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to have you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. As we go into this episode, I want to begin with acknowledging that this podcast is recorded on the stolen and unceded land of the Susquehannock and Piscataway people native to this area known as Maryland. Hey, y'all. Hey, (laughs) I am really excited for today's episode. And I want to acknowledge, I feel good in this moment. I like it. Um, The sun is trying to come out and stay out. It really can't figure itself out here. However, it is slightly warmer today than it has been. Uh, It is a whole 63 as the high. However, It was actually super warm and then it got cold all over again. And I got real excited for being outside and doing yard work. Um, I know that sounds ridiculous, y'all, but I am. I was like, I want to plant stuff and and get my trees and bushes and and flowers and things in order. And I wanted my hands in the dirt. I was just like, this is a part of grounding for me and being able to just really feel into the changing of the season and what's possible. And it can feel like going from winter into spring and then soon into summer, there's a shedding that is happening. There is an evolutionary growth that is popping up as you're reaching toward the sun, which is what all these plants do. And I am just at a point that I'm like that. I want it. I need it. I'm ready for it. I'm excited for it. And the beauty of it is, is that, you know, like I said, the weather keeps changing. It keeps playing games with me. <laughs> and so even though, you know, I had all of these plans and goals, you know, I had to shift some stuff because Mother Nature was like, oh, no, no, we're going to change a couple things real quick. Hold fast, hold fast, do what you can, and you're going to have to be patient. And it's part of what I'm going to talk about with our guest today, because literally, 
what, you know, really was like, hmm, I want to talk to you about this thing. <laughs> it's janky goals. And I know y'all are probably like, janky? What you mean janky? What, what are we talking about here? So I'm actually not going to tell you exactly what it means because we do talk about the breakdown of janky goals in the episode. However, um, I will have it linked here so you can go and look into um, either just reading what is um, on Instagram. I believe there's some on uh, Betsida's blog as well, but you'll be able to learn not only about this human, but what she shares in this way. And so Betsida LeBron is going to be here talking with me today. And I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it (laughs) because literally I have had to do exactly what we're talking about here because I had to to shift what I thought it was going to be. And I had to do something different. I, you know, still want to make sure I'm being in alignment with my values and what matters to me, you know, and the, the intention and the impact that I want to have, like wanting those things to be congruent, but also having to acknowledge, you know, what feels good to me. And also like making sure that I'm not just playing it safe to a point that I'm not going beyond my comfort level, which full transparency right now, that is the fact that I have a snake in my backyard and I feel a way about it, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm still going to do my stuff and the snake's going to be my friend. It's going to stay away from me and it's going to do what it need to do. And otherwise it's not going to bother me. I'm just going to put that out. (laughs) It's going to be fine. Um, But you know, this, this interview definitely reminded me of kind of how, whether we realize it or not, that we can't always play it safe. And the more that we can get out of that lane of complacency, you know, the better off it really is for us. And so again, really want you to listen into our episode where we do dig into um, who Betsida is, more about kind of her improv past, how she brings that into what she does um, with Improv EQ and, you know, exactly what the acronym of Janky really means as the goal setting way of doing goal setting for imperfect people. So let me tell you a little bit about who Betsida is. Betsida LeBron is an experienced business consultant and the founder of Improv EQ. With over 15 years of experience in mental health, she is a certified emotional intelligence coach specializing in people management, team communication, and creating positive work cultures. As a facilitator and improv comedian, she adds humor to her work and challenges people to find more joy in their professional lives. Betsida empowers individuals to own their strengths and insecurities, and her passion for creating positive work environments has made her a sought-after consultant for organizations seeking to transform their teams. All right, y'all, without further delay, let's get into this. Let's go. Welcome to the show, Betsida. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. Yes, I love this. Okay, so I actually just want to start by asking you something that actually has absolutely nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, which is just share something about you that people don't know. Something that it's like, oh, that's fun. Because I feel like fun is a huge part of what you do. So like, tell us something we don't know that's fun. Um, well, I mean, people who follow me would know, but I don't think that, that everybody knows uh, that I improvise. I'm part of a 
a group that we call ourselves MRI, which stands for the Masters of Rap Improv. So we do an improvised show uh, regularly. So people will throw out a suggestion. Our favorite thing is to ask people like, what's something you just never heard a rap song about? And then we just freestyle on it or we do (laughs) just have a lot of fun. That's it. That's and my my freestyle name is Just Be. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm here for it. I love it. Super randomly. Cause um, you know, again, like we met at Alt Summit this year. And for some reason, the email came up and I clicked in it and was looking around the pictures from this year. And I was like, oh, this link just has all the pictures in it. And I went back to the year that India and I were there back in 2020, right before the world shut down and everything changed. Mm -hmm. And they actually had the photos in there from one of the parties they had one of the nights that did have improv. And it showed us when we were up on stage. (laughs) I was like, oh, I forgot about this. Oh, I'm so sad. I missed that. (laughs) It was so ridiculous. It was like everything... Like nothing could be what it was supposed to be. And I just remember something. It was like something where I was supposed to like propose or something. And whatever it was, I just clearly remember having to respond. And my response to something was, Mama say, Mama say, Mama kusa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Which surprisingly works in so many different contexts. Like- <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like this. And I was just like, this is so much fun. This is so random. And it, I, I could very easily be this person that is like, I can't do that. And it's not because I'm not silly, but there's just like this fear around it. And it was so much fun. Yeah. And it's it, the interesting part for me is that, you know, witnessing people that take improv and can take something that feels very unrelated to work or business or interpersonal relationships and connection and to draw that like there's so much there and it's not just about you know the comedic aspect like there's 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 just like so much embedded in it oh yeah I mean the thing that's you know that I love about improv and why I think I've stuck with it and gravitated towards it is that there's a like you said there's that freedom in it because we live so much of our lives in fear. Like that's just how a lot of these structures are designed around us to like keep us in a place of fear. And for me, the opposite of fear is play and improv. Absolutely. Which I know y'all know, (laughs) right. And so improv is just a way of uh, helping you realize that, Hey, we're kind of all making this up and you can just have fun. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about it is, is that um, when you, think about the fact that there is that aspect of fun. This seemingly simple and light and accessible kind of feeling or way of being that is anything but easy and accessible to a lot of people. But it it really is a key to a lot of the things that really keep us locked away and hidden within ourselves mm-hmm. regardless of what the outside world is and so the interesting thing that comes up for me is just the fact that it's not even about I need to do this because of the world around me it's because I need to do this for the world with within me that I'm not letting get the light of day a hundred percent yeah I 
and I think it's such a funny thing. Like, you know, so much of my work is like going into business organizations and working with like highly technical teams and teaching them how to play. And Mm -hmm. at first they just look at me like, oh, this is for children. And there's a lot of that, like, oh, no, no, this is for kids. And I'm like, no, this is for you. Like kids know how to do it. You're the ones who have forgotten how to do it. That's why you need this the most. Like we've, there's a lot of lies we tell ourselves about what it means to be an adult. (sighs) Okay. I'm just going to say the thing that maybe other people don't want to say. I'm going to say the quiet part out loud. Adulting can be trash. Like they told us don't rush. We didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They told us. They they, they they tried. They really did. <laughs> we were like, no, it's better there. No, it ain't. Y'all, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I think the only thing that like as a kid, you really want like your own power and independence. Right. Well, which is a different thing because I'm like, we could learn to give kids a little more independence and power. And then they wouldn't be so rushed mm. to get to this adulting trash that we're talking about. <laughs> that part. Yeah. Well, and as a parent, I do give more to my kids. And even still, I I think they want the full reign. And it's like, they, they don't, don't know what that means. No, they don't. They <laughs> know. But I do think that's the thing. And honestly, one of the things that I really try to not embed in my kids, but also to unlearn because of what the world around them teaches. And it's the perfectionism piece. Um, Perfectionism is a tool of white supremacy. It is something that is meant to limit us and to tell us that, you know, if we don't show up perfectly, which who the hell decided what perfect was. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) And if we don't do it in this one way, then it's automatically wrong. And so that's something that I really try to give them, but I also try to pay attention to when it shows up for me and where my own deprogramming comes up because I have my own uh, recovering and currently in the midst of perfectionism things that I have to work through. Um, Same. And uh, Indy and I witnessed something that you brought up online and it felt like, oh, that, because it felt like it was honestly a great, um, kind of counterbalance to that per- perfectionism when it comes to goal settings. Yeah, yeah. And it's the janky goals. It's janky goals. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> I love that. I just like, oh, janky. I like this. Please, I, let's go. I love, first of all, the word janky just like, I, it just delights my little soul. I don't know what it is, but janky's <laughs> just like, it's, it's fun. It also like, it's not trying too hard to be anything. And it's not bad. It's just like, it's just janky. And I, I love it. <laughs> yes. So I, I really came up with this because like I was just seeing, especially at the beginning of the year, like everyone was like goal setting and like smart goals and make sure that they're exactly like this. And, and I just was like, I don't think this works for everybody. And I also think it's highly demotivating for people to think about, oh, well, it has to be exactly, it has to be measurable. I have to like, and I have to hit it every single day. And I'm like, no, there's a reality of like, we don't always have the same capacity. No. And so, but honor, like, you know, it's just like the, the stumbling forward is still, you're still getting going forward. And so mm-hmm. that's really what I thought I was thinking of as I was putting together these janky goals and uh, where janky is just an acronym where it's J, you know, journey focused, um, aligned with your values, uh, that it's nourishing, 
that it's like they kick ass. That's important. You have to feel real Mm -hmm. like I'm about to do something big. Yeah. Um, And then that yo-yo plan, which is again, that like, just make sure you have like on a day when I got big energy and I can commit to this goal, what's a big thing you can do, but like little days, what are little things you can do? Like get, you know, get out of bed, get out the house. Uh, For me, sometimes I'm like, oh, I just, I'm going to tell somebody about my business. (laughs) That's enough of like on a low energy day. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to do everything, but I'm like, just don't hide. Um, Right. The interesting part is that of course, values matter so much. And the minute anybody is understanding that any of the actions that you take need to keep that in mind that I was like, Ooh, that there's the values part because it can be really easy to somehow tell yourself, ah, I mean, it is, I'll just do this. It's fine. Whatever. And it's like, mm, I don't want to be on a path that I don't want to be on because what if you go to enact something and that thing does take off or it right. does blossom and it's like, Oh shit. I didn't really want that. What was I thinking? Yeah. So I think the values is important. And honestly, the interesting part is, is that even goes into the yo-yo part because like, it's not realistic to expect that every day your output is going to be exactly the same. Of course, you know, business wants to tell you that that's how it's going to work and you're going to be productive from nine to five and you're just going to crank it out. That is not realistic. No, (laughs) it's not how that works. No, that's a setup is what that is. It's a setup for burnout because you just don't have it like that every single time, you know, and like to not have that compassion with yourself as that you're human (laughs) and that we do fluctuate like that. That's how you would treat like a robot. And that's, yep, there's a, yeah. That part. And so this is where, you know, of course, I'm going to come back to the burnout part because that's a whole nother piece there, because that is where I think people have always existed in that space and for a long time didn't have language for it. And now they do. And it's language that is commandeered so much that it almost can dilute it. And it either will make it feel like everything can feel like burnout or it's like, oh, well, it's not burnout because I'm still able to get out of bed. It's like, that's not how that works. It's just no. like being someone that has gone through trauma. That doesn't mean that you stop functioning. It just means that your functioning is impaired in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not how that goes. And so that's where like the yo-yo part, for me, I do think that it's important for people to keep that in mind and just to stop setting these unrealistic expectations of, I'm going to do all these big things every day. Right. And then, and then beat themselves up. That's the part, you know, it's like, I'm fine if people are like, I got big plans. I'm going to do, I'm going to really like set up, you know, to knock this out of the park. And it's like, okay, but then if it doesn't happen, because not everything that we plan for happens, right, Right. then don't beat yourself up about it. And I think that that is that, that important piece of like, but if you're showing up thinking that you have to be perfect, then every little setback knocks you all the way off and you don't even feel like trying. So that's where I'm curious of how, you know, you kind of got to this point when it comes to the imperfection of it, because I do agree that it's really easy in the beginning of the year to just kind of watch the wave of like New Year's resolutions type of thinking and feeling and energy like, oh, this is the most right now. All right, y'all, y'all going to go to the gym for approximately 3.5 days. Talking to self sometimes. (laughs) I'm not judging y'all. It's been me. It's absolutely been me. (laughs) And... 
there's there is something about the beginning of the year that that can bring that up. And so to then have a conversation about goal setting that really feels like from everything you're sharing started with that imperfection. Like, I guess I just want to go like a couple, couple layers deeper. Like, yeah. Cause people also struggle with imperfection. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, the, what I called the janky goals were like, it's goal setting for imperfect people. So it starts with that, like recognition, like that recognition that we are not perfect. Like that's what it means to be human. And to your point earlier, like, also, perfection is something that, like, who, who's deciding? You know, like that's a perception. So mm-hmm. it does. It's not even real. So striving for something that isn't even real is uh, maddening. <laughs> so okay. just like getting to that point of being like, okay, I'm human, right? It's another way of saying imperfect. Uh, and then just like from that space of like just uh, knowing that you're human and giving yourself permission, like. But still wanting to move forward because I, for me, I went through, you know, I'm I'm I call myself also a recovering perfectionist, you know. Mm-hmm. So like I, <laughs> definitely as a as a kid, uh, I felt like oh there was a specific way I was supposed to show up in all these different spaces, and then that kind of stuck with me. And then when I started working, that message comes in even harder about like what's mm-hmm. acceptable and what's not acceptable, you know. And so that was really hard for me to like starting to let go. I think improv helped me a ton, like showing up and like, cause you learn like, oh, I can make mistakes. I can fail. I can fall on my face. And like, I survive. All of that has taught my brain that like, girl, you got this, like whatever this is about to be, like you're fine. We're not as scared anymore. So like, that's been really, really helpful. Just helping me be more, more open to trying things. But then even still it was, okay. Then I was like, okay, well, if I'm not perfect, I kind of went into like a, well, then what's the, uh, like, why am I going to try? Like I'll always just be imperfect in here. And so I was trying to find that balance of like, okay, I am imperfect, but I still want to strive for, to improve myself. Right. So when I learned, and this took, this took years, I'm talking like fast, like this happened overnight, but this did not, uh, that it wasn't me kind of competing with other people. It was just me figuring out the best version of me that I wanted to be and to hold myself like accountable for that. Then I started to realize, oh, okay, those things can happen at the same time. I can be imperfect, but I can still have goals. I can keep trying to improve myself and be the best version of myself so that I'm excited and proud of what I'm accomplishing and like, you know, pat myself on the back for every time that I try, regardless of the outcome. And then like Mm -hmm. really just keep celebrating and build momentum. So that was for me super helpful. And then as I was seeing, you know, people stress a lot about these goals, especially at the beginning of the year and, and then they beat themselves up. Right. I did the gym thing too. I was like, okay, like, but it doesn't have to look exactly like we see other people do it. Like just figure out what that means for you. And yeah, it took, it took, it took a lot of grace and practice and self-compassion to get here. But I was like, yeah, how, how, how can I share this thought with other people? Right. Hope it spreads a little bit. That part. Well, cause I, I do think that it's, it's an ongoing effort. Mm-hmm. It's not a, Oh, I did it. And now I'm done. I don't think there's any such thing. Cause there's always going to be, you know, kind of a quote unquote upper level that you're going to hit of like, Oh, 
okay, I didn't go through that part yet, but apparently I need to. Yeah. I always think of that like a video game. I don't know. Yes. Like, I'm not actually a gamer, so I feel like I, this is old school Nintendo when I used to play the little box, you know, you blow on the cartridge. That's like, I'm taking myself back. That's... No, my son is obsessed with it. He wanted it so bad, and he that was what he got for his birthday last year. The old he school? Obs- yes. Oh, my he gosh. He is obsessed with the old... There was a point that it was the Mario, and then at one point it was <laughs> Punch-Out, which at one point was Mike Tyson Punch-Out, and then it just became Punch-Out because of licensing. Yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> absolutely like metroid like that was his thing i love it oh my gosh That's he was so like funny. i want that and i was like kid do you understand <laughs> the things that we would have just kept around and they would be so happy to get but <laughs> right <laughs> right but yeah no but i'm thinking about like yeah you're like we're always just like changing i always think of myself i'm like okay when like life I'm like, okay, I got this handle and I'm ready. And then like mm-hmm. some the next thing comes up and I'm like, oh dang, I just feel like Mario, your princess is in another castle. So I'm like, <laughs> I beat this boss. But like right. the foolishness of me being like, and now my game is over. Like I will like, no, it keeps going. I just keep leveling right. up. The challenge keeps coming. But now I know I have the skills from the last level to beat this next one that's coming up. Like that's just, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so accurate. Because now I'm gonna now I'm gonna have that visual, and I love this right now. Because I'm like, I need Toad to come with me. Please help me. Please help me, Toad. Sometimes we do. You're like, where's my Toad? Where's my Yoshi? Like, let's go. Yes, I need my Tanuki. I used to love the Tanuki suit. I used to call it the Nuki suit. Because sometimes you just you need whatever you need to get through the thing, and mm. it all it it keeps changing. And yes, Mario, your princess is in another castle. Yeah. It's so accurate. Oh my gosh. And so when it comes to setting, you know, your janky goals in that way, like, do you feel like if somebody realizes like, okay, apparently I got to go to another castle now, do you, does, is, does it work in a way or can it work? Cause there's no one way. Can it work in a way to where they, you know, start that process again, or is it just a, hmm, maybe we just kind of amend? Because I think sometimes when people think about goal setting again, they feel like, well, how exactly am I supposed to do this? Mm. And I don't think that there's any one right or any wrong way, but I do kind of think like when that point hits and you do need to reevaluate or you do need to go back to the drawing board or you, you essentially got extended and you... You know, I, if you were like me, you and I'm telling my age here, you had a game genie and you had infinite lives and you just had to keep doing it. But you had to, <laughs> but you had to go do some stuff again. And that is some other stuff that you didn't realize you had to do. So what happens then? Do you just start goal setting all over again? Or like, how do you, how would you suggest that for that person that's like, I'm human, a.k.a. imperfect? Yeah. Well, and I think it, it's going to depend on the person. But I mean, amending, like changing course during, I think is fine. You know, one of the things like I think about it is just like, you know, it starts with having that journey that you're focused on, right? So you set that intention. It, and I think about, you know, I, I talk, I think a lot in analogies, <laughs> right? It's like the, like the ship, right? You've charted course, but you have no control of the waters or the currents. So for you to be like, well, I'm only going to go this exact line is foolish. So we don't want to be that rigid with ourselves because 
things might move. And then you just need to figure out like, oh, but am I still heading in that same direction? So what adjustments do I need to make? Because the wind blew me way over here now and just kind of adjust, right? Right. And so I, I do think that there's importance of just like having a clarity of where you're trying to go. And then also if it's aligned with your values, that's the part that keeps you motivated to find a different way. And you do have to kind of be creative and not get stuck in like the one way mentality. So I would I would say I, I'm for adjusting and noticing, but if you feel like you got to start over, um, give yourself credit for n- the fact that you're never starting over. You're just starting from here. And here is already where it's past where you started, right? Because you've learned some lessons, you've had some some, you know, and even if things didn't go the way that you planned, you still learned from it. There's still value in that, you know, you have experience that you didn't have before. So I don't think there's anyone who ever starts over. I'm so glad you said that because I believe that. I believe that you're accurate in that because it, it can be a common thought. Like I, I don't, I don't often enough hear people reflect back. Okay this is where I am. And this is a continuation. It often is that again, I didn't get there. So now I got to start all over or this didn't succeed. So now I have to redo it. And it's like, but is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I phrased it that way specifically because that is what way too often and too commonly the conversation will focus around. And it's not, honoring everything that you've done or learned or Mm -hmm. sacrificed or um, interacted with up until whatever that point is that you realize that you want to shift something Mm -hmm. because when you just want to throw it away with the, again, like I'm starting over it, it is in a sense, dishonoring everything that influenced you up until this point and then deciding that you don't want to take it with you. It's like, I'm going to drop this book. And I, I, I'm very similar in like and all the analogies, all of them. Um, <laughs> I'm going to drop this backpack of all of the things that I want and need and have, have, have earned. I'm just not going to take this with me. And it's like, well, you know, people want that backpack. You're not going to, you're just going to drop this backpack off. Take it with you. Now, don't, don't be out here like Erica Badu, like with the bag lady, like there's some bags you can leave behind, but <laughs> you don't need every single bag, but not all of them. Not all of them. And at least, yeah, <laughs> at least get a locker and then decide which bag you want to carry at what time. You know what I mean? Yes, Just, that part. That, <laughs> that part. But it is a, it, for real, it's a, it's a lie. Uh, perfectionism tells us that if we didn't do it the exact way we intended, right, that perfect mm-hmm. way, that none of it's worth it. Right. And that's not how we make change, which is the biggest thing mm-hmm. here. I'm like, if we were to consider this particular way of goal setting, for someone that is an imperfect ally and they're trying to make change, if you let white supremacy culture and its lie around perfectionism and one right way and, you know, all of these other traits come in and tell you that this is the only way that this can be done and anything outside of that is not acceptable, it's dishonoring your desire to truly make change because that's not how change is made. Absolutely. Change is made through experimentation. Mm Mm-hmm. 
is it wrong? But in my head, as soon as I said, it, I was like, "Ooh, change feels like the ultimate improv." It is. I mean, because that's because we don't know what's going to happen, and that's why people are so afraid of change. Because even if what I'm doing isn't working, I know what it is. The idea of doing of changing something does put me in that improv mindset of like, oh, now I got to figure things out or I got to notice what's going on. It's absolutely the same concept of improv. And it's, and it's scary, you know, but that doesn't, but it's less scary when you stop holding so dearly to this idea of perfection, which again, we've talked about doesn't exist and, but it still feels real. So I'm not trying to like make people like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, telling you that it's like you just let it go but you got to practice letting it go right yeah how can fear actually support change i think that typically fear i mean as an as an emotion it is there to to let us know a lot of things our brains have been over taught to protect us there's a lot of reasons, right? Like, I, you know, you're like, yes, yes, <laughs> that the brains are, you know, we're, we're living really afraid in these, in these days. And so that fear doesn't mean that it's, you're actually in danger. And so that's the hard thing is like emotions are really just trying to tell us, hey, like, here's a warning, but sometimes they're not accurate. You know, they're just like other friends that we have in our lives that have a lot of opinions about things that may not be true. And we shouldn't be listening to them like they're the end all be all of everything. Like hear them, but you still decide what your truth is. And so I think that practicing, noticing and recognizing the fear, but a lot of times stepping outside of your comfort zone requires you to embrace the fear. And that's the only way that we grow. I, I talk a lot about when I you know lead workshops is that change and this kind of thinking differently is is a brain workout. And so it's you want to feel a stretch. You need to feel that like that little bit of discomfort is telling you that you're doing the work. It's like if you went to the gym, which we talked about, we only did for the first week of the year. I thought myself, I'm concluding myself now. <laughs> <laughs> but still, when I did do that workout, um, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I was there and I want to make sure that when I leave, like I feel something. If I was there mm-hmm. for, you know, 30, 40 minutes and I didn't feel anything and my muscles don't feel nothing, what was I even doing in that gym? And right. it's the same thing with the brain. Like when we're really trying to retrain our brain, we got, we got to be in a little bit of discomfort. That's what that stretch is. That's what that growth is. So I think it's actually a good indicator that like you're moving towards growth. Not terrified. I think that's a different, but a little bit of fear, right? Like right. you want to stretch, not go ahead and snap something. Just no, a no. little, a little bit at a time. Keep stretching. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think what you said is is a, is a big piece of like the the nuance to it, because you know the fear is not about the scariest possible thing. It is just about the getting out of that comfort zone and not doing the easiest, most comfortable, low-hanging fruit thing mm-hmm. all the time. Because no, that does not get you out of whatever box you have put yourself in. It does not stretch your capabilities, your belief in what's possible. 
because I do think part of it too is that it keeps us thinking small about what we can do. Yes. Because if we push beyond it, now it's like, oh, well, I already did that. So now I got to go do something else. And it's like, it's called, you got to work. Yeah. You got to work. And so there has to be that place of remembering that if nothing ever feels challenging in a way that at least, you know, some type of fear from a healthy perspective, mm-hmm. if it never shows up, it's it's definitely kind of a, a, a clue that you could probably do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You probably do more. Yeah, you're definitely in your little comfort zone, a.k.a. a little bubble. Mm-hmm. Yep. That part, that part. And I think with just the way that the world has been over the past three plus years that all of us kind of got put in a bubble, literally and figuratively. True. Absolutely (laughs) true. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, that being said, and, you know, a lot of us are are trying to get out of that, uh, literally and figuratively, outside. I'm outside for the streets. Gotta go. And so there is this point to where it, I think it can be very beneficial to examine through a critical and yet gentle lens of what are you doing? What are you not doing? Um, where have you gotten comfortable in a way that really borders on um, just kind of checking out? Um, where has it put you in a place of being extremely complacent? Where is it that you can actually, where is it that you are possibly willing to be scared that mm-hmm. you may or may not have otherwise chosen, and yet you're at a point of, well, why the hell not? What, what what do you have to lose? Because otherwise you just keep doing the same things and it's going to get you more of the same. Yeah. Well, and also like your passion, your values mm-hmm. don't live in your comfort zone. Oof. Ooh, girl, that. No. So that idea of like staying comfortable actually ends up being soul sucking. Mm. Yes. And like that's and I so that's the thing is like that's that's the that's why it's worth it. And I think that people don't always think about that part. It's just like the immediate discomfort, but it's really because what you believe, like your values, right? That that passion, whatever that is, it's gonna be different for different people, but that doesn't just it, that doesn't exist in your comfort zone. It it can't. No. And so this is where I think people sometimes have a difficulty um, and an incongruency trying to reconcile the fact of like, but I I want that, but I'm so afraid of it. And it's like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's telling you something. Right. Mm. That part. All right. So this is where I can just keep talking. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and ask you one more question before we wrap up. And it's just to kind of reflect on what we've kind of dug into, or even if there's anything that maybe we didn't, we didn't get to fully talk about, but you know, it's important um, that you would want people to actually go and do and be in action about after taking in our conversation. What would you, what would you suggest to them? I mean, I feel like we talked so much about just the power of just imperfect steps outside of your comfort zone, that that's really what it comes down to. And I would 
just add the the mentality that would be helpful for people to think about it. And it is a, to do it from a space of kind of like a curiosity is going to be a lot more helpful uh, to get you there. And so again, with my analogies, I'm going to say it's the difference between being a cat and a dog, right? So a cat, uh, not as curious, a cat's very set in kind of the ways that they do things, they're particular, right? But a dog gets super excited about new things. And so whatever that means to you, and I'll know for if it's a little too silly, a little too weird, but like, can I even, you know, shake a little tail and kind of be like, okay, I'm going to get outside <laughs> my comfort zone, give yourself that little pep shake up, you know, and just it and a little small imperfect steps. So, and it's going to mean different things to different people, but just that mentality of like, okay, like be open to it. I love that. Fully on board for that and a hundred percent cosign that plus some. So for the people that want to go and learn more about you and they're like, hmm, these janky goals. I like these janky goals. I'm an imperfect ally. I want to figure out how to get me a little janky to myself here. What I'm going to do. So if they want to go and learn more about that and you and all of the amazing work that you are doing, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Playful Leader. Um, Also, you can find me on LinkedIn. I post there a lot, uh, Bedside of LeBron. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Everything will be in the article. People will know where to come and find you as well. And for just coming in, bringing all your analogies, all this improv genius, and just generally being awesome and taking time with me today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I never thought that I'd have so much fun just saying the word janky. (laughs) I just like saying it. And so, again, you know, that the way that the acronym just kind of lays out so many options for those of us that are human, aka imperfect, um, and how it is that we can still approach goal setting and not be so hard on ourselves, not be so bombarded with not enoughness or the lies around how white supremacy is constantly telling us you have to do this one way and if you don't do it perfectly, it's wrong. Like this really is a, a a great example of a counterbalance to white supremacist thinking, acting, and ways of being when it comes to goal setting. So I'm just, I love that we got to go here. And honestly, I'm going to keep using that Mario analogy of like, your princess is in another castle because who, if that shit ain't accurate, it's a thing. It's a thing. So if like me, you are on your way to figure out where your princess is and is and in, in, in the next castle, I'm with you. We all doing it. We're going to go ahead and we're going to get on this little this little airship. We're going to go, y'all. We got this because we can do this together. So for, of course, being here and being a part of just taking in this real conversation, whether it's through the audio or through the arm, um, whether it's through the audio or through our written article, I want to thank you. Together, this is how we can continue normalizing the challenging things and making them a part of our everyday exchanges. How it is that we can remove stigma and create real change and connection. Together, we'll continue crossing lines and recreating boundaries in order to support, not separate. Let's keep getting more people dropping the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye.
Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?